Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm now going to talk about Julian Assange, who faces extradition. Now, those extradition proceedings are obviously in motion, but at the same time, there is a so-called Belmar Tribunal, which is putting the United States instead on trial for the crimes committed in another so-called war, the War on Terror. Now, we're joined by the brilliant uh, philosopher, Sreko Horvat. So, thank, so, uh, so, thank you so much for joining us, Sreko. Really, really appreciate it. How are you doing? Hi, Owen. I'm really glad to be here with you. Even so if the topic you... is a bit dire, but uh, I think it's very important to talk about it uh, just before the extradition hearing on Wednesday and Thursday. Yeah, I mean, I'd, to be honest, anything we talk about right now is pretty bleak because that's 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 the world we're stuck with, unfortunately, for now. Do you just want to explain to people exactly where things stand? So a lot of people obviously might have been following on and off this saga, but just a kind of basic summary. What is the plight Julian Assange currently faces? You know, what's the case? And where do you think stand with the extradition proceedings? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, what is important to say is that this is not new. I mean, this case has been dragging on for almost more than 10 years. Uh, Julian Assange has been uh, entrapped and trapped at the Ecuadorian embassy in London for more than seven years. Uh, you have all seen the images, uh, how the police was dragging him out of the embassy. And what basically happened, I think, is really a scandal, which uh, uh, which which is an embarrassment for the for the United Kingdom. I would say it's an embarrassment for Ecuador, of course, who gave him the political asylum at the very beginning. Uh, but it's also an embarrassment uh, for the UK, uh, where you actually have CIA, uh, a secret service uh, uh, from the United States, intervening into your sovereignty, uh, intervening into your soil, basically kidnapping. A journalist and putting him uh, in a prison, Belmarsh prison, which is in London. Um, he's there already for more than two and a half years. Uh, what is happening now is that the United States is going to appeal, uh, which is happening uh, on Wednesday and Thursday, and they basically want a publisher, a journalist, uh, for 175 years. 175 years. Uh, in prison, in a high-security prison in the United States. Uh, I think this is a matter which concerns all of us. I'm not a journalist. Uh, uh, I'm also not a whistleblower. Uh, but I became active in this case because I saw that this is something which will have consequences. Uh, uh, well, not on the future. It already has consequences uh, on free speech, on democracy, on what we can actually publish, what we can say. Uh, and it's a scandal that a man who didn't com commit any crime, but he actually revealed the war crimes, in Afghanistan, in Iraq, uh, surveillance programs uh, by the CIA, uh, that this courageous publisher is put on trial uh, while the United States, Washington, United Kingdom, Ecuador, Sweden are not put on trial for their crimes. 
And this is why we founded the Belmarsh Tribunal, uh, which actually happened two days ago uh, in Westminster, a church house influenced by the famous Arthur Russell Tribunal. So let's talk a bit about the Belmarsh Tribunal. So what's what what is the kind of you know what 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 were the kind of focus? What were, what were the the kind of issues that it raised in terms of the crimes committed in the twenty years since the so-called War on Terror was announced, almost exactly twenty years ago? Yeah, for us, for us at the Progressive International uh, who organized this event, it was very important to gather physically because I guess okay, we are now over the screens again, and everyone is quite fed up with. Uh, with the digitalization of all social relations. And for us, it was important to gather physically at a historical place where the House of, where, where the Parliament of the United Kingdom was having its meetings uh, during World War II, and to gather people who were in one or the other way involved in the case or who are experts, lawyers, politicians. We had, for instance, Tariq Ali, who was an original member of the Burton Russell Tribunal, who traveled to Vietnam to investigate the crimes of the United States in Vietnam. Uh, we had Daniel Ellsberg, who in 1971, I know that previously in the context of the war on drugs, you were speaking about Nixon. Uh, so we had this uh, historic figure, historic whistleblower, Daniel Ellsberg, with us as well. Uh, Edward Snowden, uh, Jeremy Corbyn, uh, many people gathered two days ago. And uh, in the next days, we are going to publish uh, the verdicts and the findings of the Belmarsh Tribunal. But I can tell you already now that uh, the findings uh, paint a much dire picture that I think the broader audience could imagine. And this is uh, crimes which were committed uh, by the United States, by the, but also by the United Kingdom and their allies. Uh, these are war crimes, uh, killings of civilians and journalists, uh, which was revealed by WikiLeaks in the collateral murder widow or in the Afghan and Iraq warlocks, rendition, torture, spying of CIA. Uh, we had people at the tribunal uh, who witnessed that uh, when they were visiting the Ecuadorian embassy, well, you know where it is, just opposite to Herod's in the midst uh, of uh, British civilization. Uh, 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 and uh, they were spying on everyone who came in, including the lawyers. I mean, I found myself on the CIA list as well. Uh, uh, and I didn't work for WikiLeaks. I didn't uh, publish any documents or whatever, just because I went into the Ecuadorian embassy. Uh, so you can see that uh, uh, this case uh, on so many levels uh, is an embarrassment uh, for United Kingdom, especially recently, one week ago, it was revealed uh, that the CIA uh, uh, had a plan to either kidnap or kill Julian Assange. You know, imagine if that happened in, and something similar happened in Istanbul, and you've seen how many people jumped uh, from their chairs and said, this cannot happen uh, in a country. What kind of dicta dictatorship, authoritarian system it is in Turkey if you can just slaughter a journalist? Or remember Navalny and how many liberals uh, uh, came out to support Navalny. Also, we couldn't really say that his politics is something which uh, uh, me or you would support, you know, his uh, racism or right-wing politics. Uh, but nevertheless, everyone supported him. So in the case of Julian Assange, what happened is, of course, uh, a character assassination, uh, which was also supported by those who were actually working with him, who were very happy to work with him at the very beginning. The New York Times, The Guardian, uh, who then turned against him and actually were used as, a, as weapons of mass deception. I mean, the best example is when Paul Manafort uh, supposedly visited the Ecuadorian embassy, an article which was published in The Guardian, and something which never happened. So what you can see here is that for 10 years, the character assassination started starting with Sweden and then to the DNC leaks and so on. A character assassination was being uh, 
uh, uh, uh, uh, was being fulfilled, which was then actually with Mike Pompeo leading to, to plans to really assassinate him. And what is happening now is that he is slowly being assassinated in London at Belmarsh Prison for more than two and a half years. So I think that's something what concerns all of us. It shows the cynicism, uh, the double measures of the liberal elites who will support Navalny or someone else but won't support Julian. But what we can see, and I think the Belmarsh Tribunal is contributing to it, uh, the support has never been so big. All major human rights, press freedom organizations stood for Julian. At the Belmarsh Tribunal, we also had so many people who were actually revealing the crimes of those uh, who were revealed by, by Julian Assange. And I think that's very important. Although our tribunal doesn't have any kind of legal, you know, authority, uh, but well, that's in the tradition of the Russell Sartre Tribune. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it, Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. On the so-called war and terror itself, one of the many bleak aspects of it is that everything that those of us who opposed it said, actually things actually turned out even worse probably than many of the dire predictions at the very beginning. If we look at the calamities that enveloped Afghanistan, uh, the absolute horror of Iraq, but also, of course, we can see more broadly, we can see the drone war, for example, uh, we can see, uh, you know, the, I mean, Libya technically wasn't, I suppose, under the aegis of the war in terror, but it was another catastrophic uh, Western war, which caused calamitous, again, consequences in, in Libya. So all these interventions, to call, to call them, use that clinical, slightly clinical term, have been a calamitous failure on their own terms and in terms of human consequences. And the so-called, and it's worth pointing out, the very courageous role of Chelsea Manning, but the 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 exposure you know that WikiLeaks of, of the crimes committed by the West had a big impact, but I suppose are you optimistic or pessimistic in terms of how much you know it's one thing that we can say in the worst possible way vindication of our arguments, not that there's any satisfaction given the consequences, but after in the aftermath of the West's uh, of the US withdrawal from Afghanistan, how do you feel in terms of you know? preventing these sorts of horrors happening have we have things be you know have those movements which wikileaks were part of have they succeeded in some way or or do you feel pretty depressed about future prospects yeah i mean i'm rarely being optimistic uh, not because i'm pessimistic but i quite like this phrase by terry eagleton hope without optimism i think we definitely need to hope that things will get better uh, but uh, we also have to prepare that, that they will get much worse i mean i'm, I'm glad that you mentioned the drone warfare uh, because there is currently in solitary confinement in a high security prison in the united states a very courageous whistleblower 
called Daniel Hale. Uh, and at the Belmarsh Tribunal, we had the director of forensic architecture, Al Weizmann, talking about uh, the drone warfare in Palestine and other places. And this is a big topic. Uh, and it's also uh, uh, very sad that such a person as Julian Assange is imprisoned, that he's silenced, uh, because I will just remind you of the book, uh, uh, which was published in 2014, I think, but it was uh, written or the event uh, on which the book was formed happened exactly 10 years ago when the Arab Spring was happening, you know, when there was hope that in, in these parts of the world uh, social movements could take over and so on. 10 years later, of course, uh, there is not much hope anymore. And the name of the book is When Google Met Wikileaks. And I think it's very important to speak about it today precisely in the relation to drone warfare and how in the meantime, uh, uh, actually, uh, the technological apparatus, to put it like that, the industrial military complex uh, accelerated, developed even further. I mean, this is what Wikileaks started to, 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 to kind of shed light on, Edward Snowden as well. Uh, uh, but nowadays, and then CIA, of course, I think the biggest embarrassment for the CIA and why Mike Pompeo really wanted to, to kill Julian Assange, which is now revealed, the biggest embarrassment for the CIA was the so-called Vault 7 uh, revelations by WikiLeaks, uh, which revealed this massive surveillance program by the CIA. Uh, so coming back to that book from 2011, uh, um, I mean, there is not, not much reason to hope because actually what Julian Assange uh, claimed in that book, and I've also also had many conversations uh, when I was visiting the Ecuadorian embassy with him, is that Silicon Valley will accelerating, uh, is accelerating and taking over uh, our basic infrastructure. I mean, at that time, it was Google, which was in close relations with Washington. Uh, of course, the connection between Google and, and, and uh, Hillary Clinton or their role in Syria, that's well known. You can find it in WikiLeaks. But nowadays, just look at the United Kingdom. I mean, I just came back from the United Kingdom, but your country mate, I'm sorry to say so, is in a much, much worse state than ever. Just look at the penetration of Palantir, you know, the company by Peter Thiel, into the NHS. Uh, just look how the pandemic is serving the cashless society and how everyone is already being surveilled. I'm not here a conspiracy theorist, but this is a fact. You know, in London, I couldn't pay anything in cash anymore. Uh, and who will take over? Who has the infrastructure? Look at our program now. Uh, and I'm not criticizing you, you know. The Belmarsh Tribunal was live streamed on YouTube. You know, how does this look from the perspective of Mark Zuckerberg or Jeff Bezos uh, uh, when us, the progressives, the subversives, are using their technology in order to criticize them, uh, but we are still in their bubble. You know, we are using the, uh, the presuppositions which they have laid uh, uh, down, you know, for us. Uh, and Julian Assange was constantly speaking about it. You know, I remember, for instance, I think that was five six years ago at the ecuadorian embassy we had a very long conversation which lasted very long that was before the cia started started to spy on the embassy before ecuador cut down the internet so the situation was still kind of we could have intellectual conversations he was following the news and so on and basically his main point was that the main source of future profit for silicon valley he said that five or six years five or six years ago is transport and look today when you have, on the one hand, uh, uh, the images of Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk, uh, uh, you know, going into the privatization of space, of course, heavily state funded, like always, like the invention of the Internet. And then you have venture capitalists taking over. 
or look at Uber or look at Amazon, it is all about transport. Uh, and Silicon Valley is now going there. So what I really miss is Julian's voice on technology. I think this is really crucial to speak about uh, the war on terror in terms of technology, because also what Edward Snowden revealed is this massive surveillance program. Uh, but nowadays, with the pandemic, I think the situation is much, much worse. And in that sense, I don't have much optimism, just hope without optimism. A slightly bleak uh, point to end, unfortunately, but I'm nonetheless, sorry. it's okay. It is what it is. Uh, but nonetheless, Faco, it's uh, such an honor to have had you and, and so eloquently explained the current situation. Really, yeah, eloquent, really... Eloquently in my Balkan English, but I hope your, your viewers no. don't, won't mind. Yeah. I think it's, uh, no, your, your English was more than clear, but we, we really, really appreciate it. And do check out Faco's brilliant work, brilliant philosopher. And uh, thank you so much and uh, enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, you too. Everyone should enjoy Sunday a bit. <laughs>